Welcome to the Dear Doc Podcast, where we will discuss the business of running a dental practice with a panel of experts. Now, your host, Dr. Christopher Hoffpower. Hey guys, thanks for joining me for another episode of the Dear Doc Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Christopher Huffpower. I'm coming to you today from my studio here in Alvin, Texas, and we are going to do another Meet the, Ep- Meet the Experts episode. Now today, I am really lucky to have join me in the studio, or remotely, Sean Hall. Now, Sean is the co-founder and one of the owners of Sodium Dental. Uh, I want you to go ahead and do me a favor, go over to your, um, your new camera and go over your new sensor real quick because I, I really wanted you to, to get the opportunity since you're sharing with us a lot of your knowledge and you're going to be here to talk to people about, you know, whatever questions they have about technology. Right. I want you to share, us, uh, share with us some of the stuff your company does because I'd like you to benefit from it. So okay. talk to us about the Aurora. So the Aurora is our new digital x-ray sensor. Um, we, so it's got some of the limitations I talked about earlier. So we're working with a basically a 26.3 line pair sensor. Okay. But in reality, when I put it on the fluke, I'm getting, I believe I could argue 19 line pairs, mm-hmm. which yeah, I think is very good. It's a, compared to other sensors I test with the fluke, it's doing much better. I'd say three or four line pairs better. So it's, it's excellent image quality. But for me right now, image quality across the sensors, I, I wouldn't pick up anyone's sensor and say it's bad. I think they're all good. Um, they're good. I think you Right. They're all comparatively good. Right. Obviously, like if I had picked up a camera eight years ago and I compared three major brands, I'd be like, oh, these are all pretty good. I'm not saying that obviously there's a wealth of places to go. That's the next sensor. But so we have great image quality. We worked very hard. Imaging algorithms are a big part of getting a good image out of a sensor because what you get out of an actual x-ray, if you don't do a lot with it, you first of all, you get very low light emission. So you, you got to work with it a lot. And that's a big part of getting a great image. Um, so we work very hard at that. Um, we work very hard at providing four or five default image filters because people have different looks, by the way, that they like for their x-rays. Right. It's not a question of better. It's like some people just like x-rays. Some people love it to look like film. You know, that super high contrast, you know, black and white. And some people don't like that because they feel like they're losing data. They want it to be smoother. Some people like it really sharp, like the uh, Clearview type style. So we came up with a few different filters so we can do that. Which which I'll note that the Clearview, for those of us, uh, those of you who are listening who do use a sensor that has something like that on it, um, it will sharpen your image, makes it look beautiful, but it will also make Emacs margins look open uh, because of the way that it filters that density that's coming to it. It will make some of your Emacs margins look like they're open when they're not. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's great information because sharpening, sharpening is taking like pixels and then a computer just deciding these should all be, these should all be black. They shouldn't be the color they were. So it's throwing away information to make it look that way. I mean, it's, but whenever I I did research, we called that the custom Q test. We threw out the data we didn't like. Right. Be like, well, it looks a lot better if I just uh, make the graph go like this. That other stuff. Hopefully it wasn't important. Um, so we've got great image quality. We, one thing we, we were super, was super important to us in the design process was IP67. We're waterproof and dustproof. Um, we do not want you to like put your sensor in a bathtub. Like we don't want you to soak it. 
but we understand that barrier shields break, moisture is getting in there. A lot of the sensor repairs we see are because moisture is getting into these sensor heads and the cesium iodide absorbs moisture, so it deteriorates it. And it swells uh, too whenever it does yeah. that. And so, so we, I'm curious though, did you guys, did you, did you guys also address um, one of the major issues that we have in dentistry, which is, is it vacuum proof? You know, can you run over with your vacuum cleaner? <laughs> you know, it, you know, unfortunately, uh, after the 10th sensor we destroyed with the vacuum, we just, we're like, just it's not going to make it. So, uh, so we should avoid running over our sensors with the vacuum cleaners. With yeah. I, I went back to the design guys about it. Providing, Sean. <laughs> you know, uh, but our Aurora will be covered under warranty when you run it over with your vacuum though. Oh, well, as long as it was an accident. You can so, still do it accidentally. Yeah, you can still do it accidentally. We understand accidents happen. That's what we're trying to include. Instead of so instead of being like Dexas charging you eleven thousand dollars for a sensor, then getting the Cabo Care Plan for fifteen hundred dollars a year per no, sensor. No man, it's crazy. Okay, so let's 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 go nuts and bolts then. How much does your sensor cost? And it, it, it is equivalent to a Dexas Platinum sensor. Yeah, right? image quality, uh, uh, titanium. Right, equivalent to a titanium since the titanium yeah, is since the titanium to a didn't change. Right. Yeah. Uh, so. It's 9,200 for a size two, 8,200 uh, or 8,200 for a size one. We didn't do a size zero because I mean, unfortunately there's like no market for it. So like doing no, the whole design iterations. Is the size 1.5, is that like patented and you guys can't do that? Cause I like that size. You're going to argue with me and tell me it sucks, aren't you? No, I'm not. I mean, okay. we could absolutely do a size 1.5. Um, the, the only reason why we did a one to two and not a 1.5 uh, was because we don't want to compete with jazz and Dexas. And, but also the other side of it is, is like the thing we experience a lot because we can integrate different sensors into Dexas for people right. is I have people buy refurbished Gendex sensors off of me all the time because you, that 1.5 mean Dexas platinum sensors. Yeah. But smaller, you know, they, that's, I mean, they're buying the offices with the 1.5 and some offices don't experience this, but it's like they, most of them seem to end up needing a size one anyway. Right. And you see a lot of pedo, definitely. Right. And I would say most places where you can fit that 1.5, you can fit a two. And it's like, why don't you just want the more information? You mm -hmm. know, to me, it's like you get, you know, the, the, it's about 10 millimeters of information, you know, that it's like a whole nother tooth. So also if your staff accidentally takes a bad x-ray, they got a better chance of hitting it with the size Absolutely. two. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, so, you know, that's, that's our thought. And also Dexas to do their cut corners. They're losing even more data. I mean, they had to, I mean, you, it, pixels are squares. You know, when you cut an angle across a square, you don't just lose the angle. You lose the angle plus a half a triangle, you know? So, um, have you guys done patient comfort studies with them? With size two and size one? Uh, no, I, I'm pretty sure if you asked a patient if a sensor is comfortable, they're going to tell you no. That's true. They love those PSPs, but then you get out those weird, so my whole thought is, oh, sorry, and I, I, I don't like running talking over anyone, but uh, no, the no, that's okay. The um, the only thing I have to say about patient comfort is they're getting four bite wings once a year. Mm -hmm. Of the list of things that are uncomfortable that you're doing to them, it's not the bite wing series, right? It's the shots. Learn to do a good shot. Yeah. Um, so. That opens a whole other can of worms. I do have a question for you about the sensor. Uh, sensor design, did you uh, opt to go with a detachable cord or not? It seems like 
yeah, there's neat ideas there, but it's basically you're saying, okay, this chord's going to break. And so we're going to also add this other moving piece that's going to break as well. Right. Yeah. So no, we, we went with a, we went with a fixed chord and then we just went with a real warranty. So that's a, you know, cause we do get that question. I mean, that's a great question. Cause that's how you really feel there, man. No, I'm serious. Like we, we went with a fixed chord and we had, we literally, I just overheard the question being asked of one of our product educators, you know, do you have a removable cord? Right. And they explained, we don't, but it doesn't matter to you because for the next five years, if something happens to the cord, we're going to replace it. And the only removable cord I've ever seen that was a good idea was uh, this company. Probably no one has ever bought their sensors, but MyRay made, uh, you know how like, uh, you know how you can like, uh, you know, charge your phone wirelessly kind of deal. Right. So induction charging, you can also transfer data through induction right. fields. That was my next question. Yeah, when, they had a, when is your wireless sensor coming out or are they even good ideas? The battery, we, we can't fix the Schick wireless because it's, it's almost always a battery problem. You can't replace that battery in there. Um, and it's so thick. Have you ever, like, I don't know if you've ever had a Schick wireless in your hands, No. but like, it's like twice as thick as a normal sensor because they had to fit the battery somewhere. Right. And then you got to like put it back on the charger and it suffers all the problems of anything you set on a charger, right? Like old gyration mice, you had to set them on like the little two right. spots. Eventually they get corroded. So then like you're like there with like a, a pencil I mean, eraser. Eventually, I'm in, I'm in Texas with our humidity levels right here. In, immediately they get corroded. <laughs> and that, that is so like wireless. We just like our whole idea was solve the cable problem. Yeah. I, I don't, it's because your goal with the sensor is to be as small as possible. That means almost by definition, it's always going to be a thicker option. Because right. a battery is always going to be thicker than the wire that can carry the same power. Um, but my idea is slap a powered USB hub on the back of the dental chair. Don't drape your cable across. I mean, I could put a powered USB hub on the back of anyone's dental chair, run a 15-foot USB cable from there underneath the floor to their computer. It's going to work great. You just need to make sure the powered USB hub has power. Wireless USB now, too. You still need power there. So, I mean. Well, yeah. But yeah, I mean, you can no put cords a, to run over with a vacuum yeah, cleaner. Sure. I'm not thinking about this vacuum cleaner thing here. I'm a problem solver, Sean. <laughs> See, that'd be a great idea. Put a, put a wireless USB up. But I'm, I, we'll run the cord. You know, usually you got like a, a, most people have a channel to get to their chair anyway for right. like uh, air and water. A lot of people have a basement. Um, so we just go from the computer directly through the floor, down beneath the floor, back up under the chair, put a powered USB hub there. Now your cable sensor is plugged in right there. Um, in, but in Texas, basements are called in-ground sw- swimming pools. In-ground uh, swimming pools. We, um, we, we, we got a little far off field because I wanted to bring something up here. I wanted you to explain your warranty, any exclusions to the warranty, um, how long it lasts, and what it costs you. Okay. And I, I know the answers to these, but I want everyone else to know them too. So, okay, so how long do your warranty last? Five years. Five years. What does it cover? It covers everything. What? Everything except for loss and intentional damage. Okay. How do you know if it's intentionally damaged? I mean, I don't know. We probably won't. We'll cover okay. everything in the end, but like how much is it legally, cost? we wanted to leave ourselves a, some wiggle room that if someone intentionally crushed their sensor, you know. Um, <laughs> vacuum, we see vacuum, we would cover. Like when I say intentional damage, I mean like I just, intentional. I just come back to the vacuum because it's funny to me. I just can't imagine it is. trying to pass that off. So but I mean like incidental damage, like they, they drop it, a staff member trips over that cable, you run over it with your chair. 
we're going to cover that because you know, that's accidental damage. We consider that fine. I mean, like literally the only thing we wouldn't cover is you take your sensor out to the shop, take a hammer and you're like, beat it. Broken sensor, you know, you'd have to have a pretty bad day to do that. So <laughs> your, my next question is how much does it cost for that warranty? It doesn't cost anything that we're going to clean that with Are the sensor. Saying that instead of doing what every other company in the entire dental field does and sucking blood money from us for the continued use of a product that we've already purchased, that you're just going to actually do something fair. I actually think that's literally what I put on the marketing brochure. Oh, uh, we went a little darker with it, but <laughs> very close. Yeah, no, absolutely. It, well, we're selling direct. I mean, so my whole thing is if you don't make us sell through shine, right? If you don't make me give half of the sales price to Patterson, Benko or shine, I can take that money and give you the warranty. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, I, I understand why Dexas, and by the way, the reason why all the other sensors have that warranty is, be, is not just because like they can't afford it. They probably could still afford it, but they have it because Shine and Patterson and Benko are sales companies. So they want that product to be as expensive as possible. They, they're going to get a cut of the warranty. You know, they're going to sell you the $12,000 sensor, which they know is an immediate price, which works one way on your brain. Mm-hmm. And then the ancillary prices of the warranties, they know that's an add-on price that comes later on in the sales discussion, which works a different way on your brain. Right. And over the course of five years, you pay about $25,000 for a DEXA sensor or something like yeah. that. It's like 12 grand plus $1,500 a year times four. You know, I mean, 18,000. Sorry, I was a little off. But and so yours is how much for five years? 9,200. That sounds like a pretty good deal. I think that sounds like a great deal. Uh, so you know, oral cameras now, because you and I will talk about this sensor all day long. Absolutely. I mean, it's my baby. Um, the internal cameras, I, my whole thought process is you have to determine the type of dentistry um, you're uh, trying you to take. you guys have one to sell? To sell. Oh, yeah. We, we, carry, we carry three different internal cameras. Are, are they the ones that you've made or are they ones from other vendors or what? These are from other manufacturers okay. um, because we, we carry 3D CTs from other manufacturers. We carry sensors from other manufacturers. There's good manufacturers out there that we trust. Um, my favorite cameras are from RF America. Um, they def- the, what you get in the camera and what you pay for it is a really good deal. So like, you know, uh, the, they have a, one of the cameras we sell is called a doctor's camera and in the end, it comes out to about 1200 bucks a cam. Okay. And uh, it's as high a resolution as anything else out there. Um, it, the image quality is great. I love it. It's got a lot of LEDs. So good, good lights is important as anything else. That's one of the biggest problems I have with $300 cameras is they have like three LEDs. And it's like, yeah, go, go, to, go pay for you know, your wedding photos and have the guy show up with a flashlight. And that's what <laughs> your flash is. He can have a million-dollar camera. It's still going to look terrible. Well, I, uh, I actually once read a description. Um, it, was in, it was an early um, telescope um, discussion, like, like ancient, like Galileo kind of stuff. Yeah. And they described the lens and the aperture of the telescope as a light bucket. And that just always stuck with me and just it blew my mind because it's so apropos. That's all it is. It's just a light right. bucket. If there's no light to come into it. You've got no picture. Right, like a picture. Isn't that at, profound? I don't know if it you've is, ever that or not. It's really profound because uh, 
whenever people ask me to describe how like a, a like how a sense how like a, how you get a pitcher at all is I'm like just imagine that you put out a million buckets in a grid and then it That's rains perfect for you right you're gonna you're gonna steal this now right I gotta I, figure I out love like, it. who I who I got it from so I, I didn't I didn't know it's called that That's very interesting because I was like if you put out like if you put out uh, like a thousand buckets in a grid and then you had a bat flying in one spot over those buckets and then it rained and then you measure all the levels of the buckets, you would probably get a rough image of a bat. Right. And, um, you know, in, in a CMOS sensor, you're capturing photons. Like you're, you're catching light in a bucket. And um, so, yeah, yeah. It's, our camera has great LEDs and it's got some other features I really like. Like the, the video output is great. And for me, everybody always like when, what I always see when I see like the pictures of the inexpensive cameras is I see a picture after it was taken. And I realized that they also got their light over in the picture because that's the only way they got enough light to take that picture. And then... Let's not even talk about 60 megahertz fluorescent cycling. Right. It does to image quality. And what they're focused on is this picture they took. And my, my biggest problem with young dentists using intraoral technology is I don't think they understand the best use of it. The best use of it is for the patient to watch the live video while you're doing the exam. When you, at the end of the exam, when you show them, when you, like if your screen's behind their head and you're like, hey, uh, uh, yeah, all right, hunch your back. Can you look up, you see this picture I took over here? Yeah, I know it's like this big. I know it's like this, yeah, but look at that. Like this has... They're like, let me go. I'm, I'm done with my meeting and my visit today. You love my office. I, I have a 75-inch curved screen in front of every patient. Oh, man. And I feed all of my extraoral pictures, all of my x-rays, and all my intraoral pictures directly to that. And I'll say, I'll have them co-diagnose as I'm going along. See, that's Ooh, beautiful. Think about this crack right here. I'd, I'd like to fix that before the tooth breaks in half. What do you think? See, that is beautiful. And it's got, that is valuable education. Yeah. And that's, that's also the use of a, what's that? They can't see that. Right. It's way in this dark cave. You know? And that's why, you're so, that's why the more expensive cameras are worth it because the live video feed out of them is good. The live video feed out of your, it, and also you can back it up off the teeth a little bit and still get a good image. Exactly. And it's like your, your camera your camera is vaguely helping you diagnose. I mean, it helps you see some things, but you've got loops, you've got great lights. Dentists can see, but the camera is helping the patient understand their care. It's a communication instrument, man. That's all yeah. it is uh, for both patients and for insurance companies. Because the other thing you're, you're, you're not saying there is if you're getting buildups denied, if you're getting crowns denied, if you can get a great image, particularly, and I'm, I'm going to give you guys a hint. If you don't know about this, Go and get, oh, I can't say that because it's not really FDA clear, but theoretically, there's this thing called a bore light that you use to clean out the barrels of a pistol. And if you put a little cover on top of that and you put it up against the tooth, it will reflect across a crack and stop. And you can very clearly image when a crack goes into the dentin by using intraoral camera combined with that for both the patient and for the insurance. And you send that off and you say, hey, this patient has cracked tooth syndrome here's the fracture that's going to cause the mesial buccal cusp to fail. You're going to get paid for that. But if you can't communicate that with the insurance company, all they have is your word and they're not very likely to trust you, nor is the patient, frankly. Right. And you could say you could probably do that with an ISO light. 
just readjust it and put it right up against the tooth. I actually, I don't, I don't think you'd be, I don't think, I think you could use a lot of lights in the mouth and still be okay. Uh, I, cause I don't know that would, that could fall under edgy. So, so <laughs> you guys could come up with one that's really inexpensive. That'd be great. Right. The other thing we use, um, the other thing our camera has on it is it's, you know, like, you know, midair mice, like, you know, gyration mice kind of deals. Our camera is also a mouse. Oh, very cool, man. I didn't know that. Yeah. You press a button on it. And when you hold the button down, it's now a mouse and you can left click, you can right click. So if you're already gloved up, you've already like, you know, touched your camera. You right. don't have to go back, unglove and touch your mouse. You can, you can, cause now you can go through your pictures a little bit and just use the mouse. It works just like a wheat, you know, just like a gyration mouse, just like a midair mouse. Um, and that's a nice feature And it's, it, it's wired. So, you know, listen, we have a wireless version of every one of our cameras. I never sell them. I like, I'm the one who doesn't sell them. Like I talk people, I, I'm my worst enemy on half the things we sell. Cause I'll be like, I'll talk people out of a 3d CT. I'll be like, how many implants are you doing? You're looking at starting to do implants. Maybe. Yeah, no, you don't need one of these. Do you know these only last about five to seven years? They're like, but they told me theirs lasted 15. And I'm like, no, 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 not the sensor. It won't last that long. And they're going to want 80 grand for that when it breaks, you know, like, um, so, you know, like wireless cameras, we have a problem. Like if you, it's Bluetooth. So like if you get your body in between the camera and wherever the receiver is, you break up the signal. Other than that, the signal looks beautiful because it's digital. So it does look very clear. Like it doesn't have like the old RF problems, you know, where like the signal, like, like the quality would like diminish like right. analog style. No, it's, it's, there, it's not there, but right. It's either clear or not and, or nothing. And it's like, for me, it's like, I put the powered hub in place. I solve all the reasons why people wanted wireless things. Right. And that's a $40 part that, just no one out there, the sales guy that's selling this stuff uh, from big supply houses, he's, he's got a, he's just moving product, right? You know, and they don't have a powered hub product. So he doesn't care about that. You know, he's like, Hey, just you know, plug it into the front of your computer. I'm sure these front USB ports are never going to fail. You know, um, that's never going to cause you a problem. 10,000 cycles, get a four inch USB, a male, female. Yep. You're all good. I, exactly. That's something I tell people and they, they can't conceptualize it. All of these things are going to fail. The reason that they work is because they're constantly in friction going back and forth. It's going to wear out. So if you just get a four inch USB male by female, you tape yep. that sucker onto your sensor, you use that until it stops working, you take it off, put a new one on, you got yep. 9,999 because they're made for 10,000 cycles. At least the USB 2.0 was. I don't know if the new standards have gone up on that. I don't think so. Uh, because you, you, no matter what, you're still using a spade connector. You're using the a spade connector. And you know, the, I, I like that you said four inches too, because by the way, people out there just in general that are listening to this, if you have a you six, foot, six inch? Uh, well, six inches is fine too. Anything under a foot, that's our rule because that, that cable on the end of your camera or sensor that was made to the basically close to the max length it could be right. without the voltage drop making it stop exactly. working. There's, there's always attenuation guys. Um, yeah. You can't plug a six foot USB extent. We've walked into offices. They're like, Oh, this is a uh, sensor is broken. And I'm like, right. It's plugged into a 12 foot USB extension. Like, you can't you know, do that. 
it's interesting, Sean, we've actually come full circle because um, one of the first things you told me was that you used to freeze because you were in the server room. Yeah. You froze because you're in the server room is because they have the air conditioner on, which reduced conductivity issues because resistivity yep. is a direct response of heat and distance traveled. Um, yep. Inversely proportionate to the size of the. Yeah, I feel like that, that might have been Phys 2 at least. Yeah. Electricity and magnetism, they called it when I was in school. <laughs> anyway, long and short of it is we have come full circle. Well, Sean, it has been great talking to you today. And um, I, I know that we've covered a lot of ground here. So folks, if you have any questions about anything that we covered on this podcast, or if you have any questions about technology within the dental office, specifically anything having to do with x-rays, anything having to do with intraoral uh, scanners, or if you just have an idea for a great new product and you'd like to kind of bounce it off of somebody, Go ahead and PM me and I'll forward the message over to Sean. Sean, thank you again for giving us, goodness, two hours of your time. This is the longest interview I've ever done, by the way. Oh, I appreciate that. appreciate that. Well, folks, thanks again for joining us and uh, wasting another two hours of your time listening to the Dear Doc podcast. We're glad you could make it. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to the Dear Doc podcast your source for the business and legal questions associated with your dental practice. Don't forget to subscribe to the Dear Doc Podcast on all major platforms.